So as Pastor Glenn said, we are in the middle of this series, and it's called, What Would Jesus Undo? You guys remember the bracelets, uh, WWJD, What Would Jesus Do? Well, this is WWJU, I guess. So uh, we're, we're not, we don't have any bracelets, but we're still talking about it, and it's going to be awesome, and, and it really kind of sets up this idea that Jesus is going to undo something bad, Right? So we're going to talk about something bad, and hopefully Jesus is going to undo that. You know, my favorite two keys on the keyboard are Control-Z. Do you know what that does? Control-Z undoes, and I like to undo or undid things. I don't know what it does, but I like to turn it back to the way it was. I like if you're, you're typing a paragraph, you read it, and you're like, yeah, that was bad. Control-Z, take it out there, right? Undo that. Maybe you, you add a, a, a filter on your Instagram photo, and you're like, yeah, I don't like that one the way it looks like on the uh, Control-Z. Undo that. And if we look at our lives, there are a lot of times we feel like that. We look back at our lives, and we, we feel our lives with regret. We feel our lives with, with the would-haves or could-haves or should-haves and wish we could change something. Well, specifically, we're going to talk about what would Jesus undo? Undo. If Jesus was in charge of our lives, if Jesus had the power in our lives to look at our lives and undo something that we've done, maybe intentionally or unintentionally, what would those things be? And today we're going to talk about Jesus undoing passivity, being passive, playing it safe, holding it back. Now you might say passivity sounds great, passivity is kind of where I live, but I know passivity is, is wrong. There's something inside me that knows that it's not good to sit and, and, and just stay where we're at. There's something inside me that draws me to something more, and I know that it's not the case, but it's so easy just to stay in bed in the morning, right? I got three kids. They all get up at different times. They all got to get to school. And then I got to get to work. And let me tell you, I know passivity in the morning. It is pulling teeth getting myself out of bed, let alone three kids. And, uh, and you guys know what I'm talking about. This, this idea to, to, to stay where you're at, to hold back. You know, I'm coaching a soccer team, my, my son's soccer team, and uh, it's, uh, it's, it's an AYSO, and I get to see him uh, play and enjoy soccer, and it's the same sea, same group of kids that we have in the fall that we do in the spring. So we come back in the spring just a couple weeks ago, we had our first practice, and let me tell you, these kids were passive. Okay, I don't know if it was the snow, I don't know if it was months and months of video games, but these kids just thought that they could just go like soccer like this. So me and the other coach said, so we had this great idea, that said, he looked at me and said, Shane, let's run them. That's one of the great things you could do as a coach. Whoever's played a sport before, you know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, no, coach is running us. And we ran the kids. It was funny. We told them to go all the way down to the far end of the soccer field and come all the way back. And as they took off, I mean, it was like, I mean, it was like they were barely moving. You know, one kid, I think, was actually crawling. As he was walking. And so and they made it all the way down there, and then something happens. And this, this is what I want for us today. Something happened to all the kids. They turned and looked back at us, and I don't know what it was. Maybe it was the competition. Like maybe one kid sprinted ahead, and the other kids wanted to be there. Maybe they looked and they saw the coaches over there. They think, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to them. Maybe, maybe it was the kid who cheated and actually cut the corner, and it was in front of everyone. And they're like, oh, I'm going to stand in for that. Or maybe it was just the ideal of wanting to get better at soccer. I'm sure that's what it was. Probably not. But they all took off. 
They were no longer passive. Something clicked in their brains. They remembered the muscles. They remembered back in the fall. They remembered the joy of soccer. They remembered moving. They remembered what it felt like to kind of break out of it. And even though it hurt a little bit because they haven't used those muscles in a while, they moved and they sprinted all the way back. And I thought in that moment, what happened in their hearts? How did they break out of that? How did they go from to booking it as fast as they could? And if I can capture that, if we can get that, some of that today, can we find that energy? Can we find that spark in us today? A lot of us find ourselves passive, and it's not something that we do on ourselves. It's something that we find ourselves in the human condition, I think. I think the human condition tells us to play it safe, settle down, hold back. But there is something in our heart, there's something, this God part of us that draws us to the wild, that draws us to the movement, that draws us to the borders, that draws us to move. And I really do believe that if Jesus would undo anything, he would undo the passivity in our lives. And why do I know that? Because he spoke positively, emphatically, about this idea of moving. Whether you were with Jesus or against Jesus, whether you knew Jesus or didn't know Jesus, it was something that you would happen in that moment. He would draw you to move. One of my favorite verses, it's in Matthew chapter 28. This is what Jesus says. This is the very, very last thing that he says. So Jesus has died, he has resurrected, he's about to ascend up to heaven, take that magic cloud elevator up to heaven. It's amazing, right? And he gathers all his disciples. It's the first time, it's the only time that he has a pre-announced appearing as the risen Jesus. He says, gather on this mountain, I've got something to tell you. Then he says this, then they came to them and said, all authority... In heaven on earth has been given to me. Everything on heaven I possess. So here's a really cool thing. You need to listen. This is, I mean, this is all authority in heaven on earth combined in me. Here's what I'm going to tell you. He says, therefore, go. And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've taught you. Surely I'm with you to the very end of the age. He says all that. But did you see how he started that? Go back to 19. He says, go. Therefore, go. Move. What are you sitting on the mountain for? Come on. Move, move, move. And, and, and this, isn't a com- this is not an uncommon phrase for Jesus. Listen, this is what he says. I went through all the Gospels, and this is the, this is the Greek word pereo, and it means to journey. It means to move. It means even to move from life to death. It means to get active. It's to use those muscles that God has blessed you. Use that passion in your heart that you have locked away. Do something and move. This is what he says. He says, go and search. Get up and go back to Israel. Go and learn. Go and proclaim. Go and report. Go and throw it in the lake. Go and find a donkey tied. Go and make preparations. Go and invite. Go and buy. Go and tell. Go and make disciples. Go and preach. Take up your mat and go. Go in peace. Go and do likewise. Go and live there. Leave this place and go somewhere else. Go and show yourselves to the priest. Rise and go. Go and your son will live. Go and leave your life of sin. Go and wake him up. Go and tell them. You see this? Just like those kids on the soccer field, Jesus realizes that there's something, this spark has to happen in our lives. And what we do when we move, we can accomplish amazing things, but it takes us going, moving, action, get up, take a step, move towards something you've never done before, take a risk, 
go. Jesus wants us to go. Now, I also believe that not only does he want us to go, but he knows very well that deep inside the human condition is this idea to play it safe. And how do I know that? Way, way back. I mean, man just showed up on the world. Adam and Eve, you know what they did. Cain and Abel, you know what happened. Fast forward, uh, Noah in the big ark. You guys know the story. You went to Sunday school. If not, go ahead and read it. Fast forward to Genesis chapter 11, and you have this interesting, interesting story where you have all the people of the world who have now moved. Okay, that's part of what God wants us to do is move. They've moved east, and they started to do something when they found this really cool place that they could just stick around and stay for a moment. And this is what they say. This is Genesis chapter 11. Now, the whole world had one language and one common speech. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. Now, Shinar is probably uh, it's right around where ancient Babylon is, just south of Baghdad, modern-day Iraq. They said to each other, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used bricks of stone and tar for mortar. And, when, and they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the earth. Let's just stop there for a moment. So they've moved eastward. They found this really cool place. Hey, this will be a great place to build a home. No, no, no. This will be a great place to build a city. And this city is going to have the coolest tower you ever saw. I mean, we're talking Burj Khalifa. We're talking reaching to the heavens as high as we can go. And then we're doubling it. Bring all the bricks. Bring all the mortars. Let's get new ways to make bricks. Let's get new ways to break mortar. Let's put it all together. Let's build the biggest tower. And everyone who walks by here is going to think, wow, they're awesome. And we're all going to live here. Did you see what it says at the very end? Otherwise, if we don't do this, what's going to happen? We will be scattered over the whole face of the earth. Why are they doing this? One is to bring recognition upon themselves, to hold them together so they don't have to go to people that don't talk their language, go to other people and keep everyone the same, keep everyone around them, don't go outside these walls, and everyone who comes by can say, wow, they're cool, I want to be them, and they say, nope, sorry, we're us, we're, you, can't, you can't come in here, we've got our city, and it's pretty cool because we've got the coolest tower, and we are staying here forever. No more scattering, no more moving. This is the center of the world. We live here. Now, I think God in this moment realizes the issue with this and realizes the pain that it causes in this moment inside the human condition. It's not the way God has intended us to live, and this is what he does. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that the people were building. The Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan will be impossible for them. In other words... They will never be able to do the impossible that God has planned for them. They will stay where they're at. They'll never achieve what God has for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them. The Lord scattered them. The Lord split them. The Lord forced them to go all over the earth, and they stopped building the city. So what do we learn from this? We learn this point that in our condition, it means to play it safe. And you guys know this because you guys like your life the way it is. In fact, you're taught in this moment to, to, to play it safe. You know, Build your house. Build your family. Find a good job. 
Have a good neighborhood. Coach your kids in soccer, just like Pastor Shea. Do all these great, wonderful things and, and just kind of play it safe. Go through life. It's going to be awesome. But deep in your heart, you're wondering, what's this hunger that I have? What's this taste for something more? So in this moment, God realized, no, you guys got to move and scatter. But then something happens, just like those boys running down the soccer field, turning, and something clicked, something moved, something happened. He wanted that for his people. So he picked one person this time, not a community, picked one person. And in that person, he tried to get him to move. This is what happens. This is what happens. Tara took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, the wife of, of his son Abram, and together they sat out from Earl of the Chaldeans. This is right around where, where the Tower of Babel was, right around Babylon, just south of, of, of Baghdad in modern-day Iraq, and go to Canaan. Canaan is modern-day Israel. Now, let me tell you, it's probably about a 1,000 miles from, from Baghdad to Israel, especially the way that they would go. Now, you can go straight across through the desert, but that's a death sentence. No one's going to live. You're going to die, especially back in that time. So what they would do is they would make this long arc all the way up. They'd go up through modern-day Syria and modern-day Turkey over to the coast to hit the trade routes and come right down into Canaan. So as they're working along this way, they go all the way north all the way north, and hopefully to come down all the way to Canaan. Now, let me kind of set this up in our idea. Let's pretend. Let's go back a few months. Let's go back when it's zero degrees outside, okay? Let's say zero degrees outside. It's in the middle of January. Snow has piled up. We can't come to church anymore. You guys are praying and hoping that we cancel church, and we don't. And then you show up, and then all of a sudden God speaks in the middle of the service. Pastor Glenn's up here, and he says, I have a word for the Lord for you. We are going to Miami. And you guys are going to be like, woohoo. Okay, maybe a few of you would get excited. Miami in January sounds unreal, right? Let's do it. Let's get awesome. Southern campus, Davidson Free Methodist Church, Miami campus. Who's ready to go? He's like, that's what I'm talking about. All right, so we set a thousand-mile trip. We're walking all the way there. Then all of a sudden, we get to, let's say, St. Louis. And we're like, this is nice. Everyone been to St. Louis in January? This is nice. It's not Michigan. See, what happened is they went and they came to Heron. Heron is in modern-day southern Turkey, halfway there. Tara lived 205 years, and this is so, so sad. He died in Herod. God called him to go to Miami. Miami was going to be awesome. Miami was going to be great, but he didn't want to go to Miami. He stayed in St. Louis and thought, ah, this is good enough. This is okay. I'll take this. And he died in Herod. Do you see what happened? God is motivating him, setting up. He just, just scattered all the people away from the passivity that was found in the Tower of Babel. And then all of a sudden, he looks at Tara and he says, okay, come on, come on, move, move, move. Here's the destination. Get moving, get going. He says, all right, I'm taking my son, I'm taking his wife, I'm taking my whole family. We're hopping on these camels. We're going all the way. And then we get to Heron and it's like, oh, I'm good. 
passivity creeps in again. He never gets to experience the power and the thrill of living out God's plan. But then the story continues. This is the end of chapter 11, and the chapter 12 starts like this. And you guys know this story. The Lord said to Abram, now this is Abram who would become Abraham. This is the son of Terah. And he says, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land that I will show you. Do you see that? The Lord says to Abraham, what? Go. And not just go, but go to the place that I will show you. I'm not even going to tell you where you're going. Just go. I will show you where to go. Take a step in the right direction. Move. Action. Run, walk, crawl, activate your muscles, activate your heart, activate your passions, follow my plan, and just move. And you know what happens with Abram, who has a covenant with God and becomes Abraham. And even though his wife can't have kids, they end up having a kid very, very late and fulfilling the prophecy over his life that he's going to have numerous kids, as many as the stars of the sky or the grains of sand on the beach. Because he took the step forward and he put faith in God. He activated himself, broke away from his passivity, and God did something amazing. But it took him going. Moving. Action. Now, how can we find that spark this morning? Put yourselves on the soccer field. You're running. You're tired. It's not there. Everyone else is crawling. It's so hot. It's so warm. I just want to go home and play video games. And then all of a sudden, something clicks. Find that click this morning. Let me tell you guys, this has been my prayer for you all week, is that you find that click. Find that thing that motivates you. Now, I can motivate you. I can motivate you through manipulation. I can motivate you through guilt. My wife says I'm a very good guilt tripper. I can take you all the way down the guilt trip and get you moving, okay? And I guarantee it will stink for you, and I don't even want to go down that road of what it means for me. I don't want that. I want something else to click in your brain. I want God to click in your brain. I want something to fix in your brain. I want you to look at your passive lives and the way that you've made it nice and the way that you made it all this kind of cool stuff around you and still wonder and dream and say, God, you've got something more for me. I'm going to go. I don't know where. I'm just making the point today to let's go. You with me? We'll get there. We'll get there. Okay, we'll get there, guys. We'll get there. I got you three things that you can help you kind of fill this out today. Three things to help you understand and hopefully make that click, that Holy Spirit click in your brain to get you moving. Okay? You can fill them out here. You see the first point that I already said, Jesus wants us to go. Number two point is go towards the invitation into God's kingdom plan. See, God always wants you to go, and he's always working his kingdom on earth. You see, the problem with the Tower of Babel is what? They were building what kind of kingdom? Their kingdom, not God's kingdom. And they wanted to be all about them. Everyone can come around and see how great we are. 
But God says, no, build my kingdom. Now, this kingdom, this world that we live in is broken. It's messed up. There's, there's so many things around here that need fixing. And that's the presence of sin in the world. It has broken this world. It's running away from God's intention. But here's God's plan. When, when they thought that sin had won, selfishness had won, he worked a counter plan to bring forth his person of Jesus Christ and therefore his disciples who became the church, who ultimately become Davison Free Methodist Church, and it's his plan to work redemption in the world around you. God's redeeming the world around us through his people. You and me get to go and help God bring his kingdom around us. Wow! So, see, guys, this is why we do serve our city, May 20th. We cancel our, our 11 o'clock service, and we go. We get out of the building. We go to other places. We don't meet here. These pews are closed, and we go. Why? Because we know God is moving. God is active. Let me tell you, I've heard so many people who have been with God for so, so long, and they come to me, and they say, Shane, Shane, I come to church every week. I go to Bible studies. I read my Bible, and I don't feel God like I did in the past. I don't help me. And here's what I tell them. You'll love it. It's the worst thing a pastor could actually say. Get out of the church and go. You won't find God anymore in the church. He's out there on the edges on the borders, serving, loving, equipping, helping, healing. He's out there carrying a rake and a shovel. He's out there cleaning vans at Whaley's. He's out there packing gifts for elderly people. He's outside of here. And if you come here hungry and want to sit and find God, you won't click. Because the click happens when you go. You catch it? You catch the power of that? Here's the other part of why we do serve our city. It's because we don't ever want to build a temple to ourselves. We don't want to waste our energy building our temple, our tower, and have everyone come around and say, oh, look at Davidson Free Methodist Church. They are awesome. Look at that tower. I wish I had a tower like that. We don't want that. We want to force ourselves to move, force ourselves even in uncomfortable ways, in uncomfortable places, in uncomfortable corners, dark corners. Why? Because we know that God is calling us to bring light there. And if we could build his kingdom out there, it helps us from not building our kingdom here. Amen? You catch the heart? You catch how you can accept that invitation? Now, just in a minute, I'm going to walk through all our Serve Our City projects. And it's amazing that each one of those projects this year has been an invitation. People have invited us, invited you to say, come, come and serve here. Come and bring God's love here. Second point. Second point. Go blindly in the direction of love. One of my favorite phrases is we were planning some things to do at a church I was at, and one of the, one of the people in, in my board, we didn't really have a good plan. We just like, well, I don't really know what we need to do. We just know we need to do something, and I don't really know what the first steps are. And he said, well, why don't we just hack in the right direction? 
I'm like, I like that phrase. I don't even know what we're doing. I don't know where we're going. We're just going to go. We're just going to move. We're just going to hack in the right direction. And there's something about this that is truly, truly blessing. Now, we call ourselves Davidson Free Methodists. And the Methodists trace their lineage back to this guy by the name of John Wesley. And one of the John Wesley teachings that he talked about was this term called entire sanctification. Anyone hear that term before? Okay, I'm not going to talk about entire sanctification, so forget that term. But what he defines that term is, is in this idea of being perfect, Perfect in your intention, perfect in your love. In other words, move sometimes blindly towards the way of love. And if we're going to make a mistake, let's make a mistake chasing love, chasing love for other people, chasing serving other people. If it's going to be a mistake, let's make a mistake that way. Do you catch the heart? Being perfect in that. Now, here's the great part about Serve Our City. Okay? Now, you can serve in a lot of different ways. There's a lot of different programs that you can serve. In fact, sometimes the church goes and serves, and it actually hurts more than it helps. Okay? You go in, and you invent a project that, they, the, that the, the partners don't really want. They have to cater to these kind of uh, suburbia people that come in. Uh, and omission people around the world say this all the time. But here's the great part about Serve Our City is we've covered all that. We've worked with the partners. You don't have to worry about offending anyone. All you've got to do is step. And if it's a mistake, it's on us, not on you. It's on me, not on you. All you've got to do is take a step. All you've got to do is take a step. There's a great story about a guy by the name of... Um, of, uh, of David, let me get the name, Livingston, thank you. Uh, he is a, a, was a missionary from Scotland to Africa. Great man of God, and he really had this hunger of taking a risk for God. He wanted to go to China, is where he wanted to go, but a war broke out in China, so he had a partnership in South Africa. And when he went to South Africa, he started to, to have this idea of looking north. And he got out the map, and he saw this gap in the map of, like, unknown area. And he's like, yeah, that's not going to happen. No unknown areas here for God. I'm going there. And the guy said, listen, you don't want to go there. That's where go, people go to die. He's like, okay, dying it is. I'm going. One of the first months he was out there, he got attacked by a lion, broke his arm. He had to set it himself, and for the rest of his life, he could never lift his arm above his head because of the lion. But everywhere he went, he planted churches, he brought trade routes, he tried to abolish slavery. He actually was the first uh, European to see Victoria Falls. And he planted these areas with this idea of expanding the kingdom, all the places. And this is his quote. He said, he said, I will go anywhere as long as it's forward. I will go anywhere as long as it's forward. Catch the heart of that. Catch the power of that. I will go as long as it's towards love. As long as it's moving in that direction. Last thing. Go sacrificially serving. What would Jesus undo? Well, at the very core of who Jesus is, is Jesus did this. Jesus came to this earth and lived as a man 
and gave himself up as a sacrifice for the sins of you and me. Your sins, my sins, desire to death. They take death. They require death. And he said, I will be death for them so that they can live. He sacrificed himself, the very essence of who he was. It says in Philippians that he gave up all what made him divine with the hope of humbling himself even to the point of death on a cross so that we could experience life. And with that in mind, if Jesus would undo anything, he would move us forward. We would go forward with this idea of, I want to live my life like Jesus, sacrificing, giving of what makes me, me. There's this great little line in our membership covenant. If some of you just became a member, if you want to become a member, we're doing another membership class in June. You can join in, send us a text, send us a a message. We'd love love to welcome you into that. But there's a line inside that that says, giving sacrificially of your time, talents, and treasures. Time, talents, and treasures. The things that you have hoarded. And in doing this, here's what happens. If you give, there's no way you can be passive. There's no way you can be greedy. If you open up your hands, your hands aren't like this anymore. And let me tell you, God wants open hands. He created you with hands open, giving, and serving. So let me walk you through. If you find a little in your packet today, you get this little uh, card that walks through all our projects. It says, Serve Our City on the top. It looks like this. It's got six projects that we're partnering with this year. Let me tell you, we're excited about this year for this reason. It's because this year we've been able to partner with other Davison churches, and they're going to be joining us on our Serve Our City Day. Isn't that going to be great? Other Christians, in the name of Jesus, are going to be breaking away from their own Tower of Babel and searching the world and going apart from that. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. And as we do this, I want you to walk you through how God has led us, invited us into these areas. One of the areas that we get to go to this year is, is what's called the Flint Neighborhood Cleanup. And what we'll be doing there, there's a park on MLK and, uh, well, it's on MLK. There's another cross street there, but it's a, it's a great area. Who here has seen the, the, um, the documentary series Flint Town? Do you know that the one, uh, the one liquor store that they closed... It's right in that area, so it's awesome, okay? And we're going to go to that area. Now, here's the hard part about it. We're going to go there. We're going to pick up a park. They actually had these nine uh, blocks that this uh, kind of community group purchased, these nine abandoned homes. They demolished them, and last year they built a park there. Beautiful, beautiful flower park. We'll be doing some work on that. Also be cleaning up some streets, picking up garbage, picking up, making it look pretty, making it put. Hopefully, their goal is to welcome some businesses into that area that may uh, kind of uh, embrace some, um, some new businesses and youth and whatever. It's going to be a great opportunity. But here's our connection. Is last year we served in this lady's neighborhood. And she lives in this neighborhood. She, she kind of heads up their community group. Who, who worked at the Adams neighborhood area last year? You know, this was a great, cool area to go to. We went down there. We served. And she was blown away by the love of Davidson Free Methodist Church. She said, you guys showed up. You brought a bobcat. You rented a dumpster. You guys were, were tearing up things and cleaning up things that had never been cleaned for a while. Now, remember in Flinttown, there was this one quick look on it where it had this white house, and on the white house with black spray paint with this nice 
inappropriate phrase about the police. Do you remember that? Some of you are like, well, if you can't, just use your imagination. Not too far, but just, it was bad, okay? So we went to that area last year, and the Thatcher girls painted that house. It no longer is going to say what it said. It's painted. Now, here's the hard about it, okay? Here's the cool part about what we did. Okay, this lady who organized this works in this neighborhood now. And she says, I know a church. I know a church that comes with love and passion and excitement and works with people, not against people, that loves us. They all wear these cool t-shirts. Shane, could I get a t-shirt this year? I'm like, dude, I'll buy you five t-shirts. This is awesome. We are coming, and we're going to go to that area. If you want to be a part of this, accept that invitation and to walk with it and to go where it is, then go and sign up for that. Put your name on that. Put you on this. Sign up for it today. Now, we're also going to do um, the second project there is at Whaley's Children's Center. We know where Whaley's is? We know where Whaley's is? Right just north of the hospital there on, on um, Grand Traverse. Now, Whaley's is a great program where they are accepting kids in where their mom and dads are gone. Some of them are literally gone. Some of them are court-approved gone. Some of them mom and dad have just given up. And even though they're present, they're gone. And they've welcomed them into this house. They serve them. They see potential in them. They love them. And we helped last year. And they said, please, please come back this year. We've got some things you need to do, some landscaping, some cleaning, some, some preparations to our buildings. Could you please come and do this? Here, here's the heart, guys. Here's the heart. In James, James writes this phrase about religion. And he says, what kind of religion does God want? And he says, the religion is this. Read your Bible, pray, don't smoke or chew or go with girls that do. That's what he says. No, he doesn't say that at all. All right, he doesn't say that. This is, this, this is what he says. The kind of religion that God wants is to help orphans and widows. And here they are, Whaley's Children's Center. They don't call them orphans, but that's what they are. And we get to help them. Who here has got a mom? That's all of you, by the way. Okay. Uh, uh, who... Mother's Day, coming up here, right? Big Hallmark holiday. You can buy your mom flowers, take her out to dinner. It's going to be awesome, right? Dress her pretty, invite her to church. Here's what I want you to do. If God captures your heart with Whaley's, send your mom a card and say, Mom, in your name, I'm helping the motherless. In your name, I'm helping the fatherless. I'm serving God's love to the people that don't have a mom or a dad. Wow. Your mom will love you. She'll buy you flowers. It'll be awesome. Third project, third project here in Davison City. We're going to be helping to Abernathy Park and maybe down in the Davison City, uh, um, City Hall. And what we'll be doing there is some landscaping, some improving, some, some, uh, some yard work. It's going to be a great program. Some of you guys have helped this. I think it was two or three years ago when we went to this area. We're going back here. And here's the hard about it is you, when you go to this area, you get to work with people, maybe from other churches, maybe from our church, and... We live in Davison. This is in Davison. You might even see someone you work with. You might even see your neighbor. You might even see your neighbor you don't like. And what happens if they see you out there serving, helping, loving, wearing a super cool t-shirt? They're going to ask, what are you doing? 
Well, this is what <coughs> Jesus' followers do. We go, and we love, and we help, and we serve. So there's a project for you. The fourth project um, that we could do is actually a pack party here. We do a pack party every time, and we, we, we set it up at the gym, and you can leave from here and do this. Now, let me tell you, a lot of you like to do this project because it's super easy. You can just walk out those doors and go into that room, and it's all set up for you. You can do it in 20 minutes and still get to Leo's for lunch. Okay, I understand. If you can do something else, or even if you want to take a little bit of going project and do something else, we consider you to do that. You say, listen, Shane, I can't rake, I can't, I can't do mulch, I can't, uh, I can't do some of these things. Even if you take a risk and choose one of these other projects, we will find you a low-impact job to do to capture you in. But if you can't, if there really is where God is calling you to do that, that'll be a great opportunity. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to be packing up little kind of gift bags to show our love to some of the, uh, the senior living homes here in town. And a lot of people go into these homes and they're forgotten and they feel forgotten. And we're going to love on them. We're going to tell them that they're valuable. We're going to tell them that they're worth something. We're going to give them a little bit of a, a gift bag and show our love upon them. So we'll be packing that up there in that, in that place. Two other projects that we can do. One is our prayer walk. Last year, we did a prayer walk. We've done it every year. Last year, no one signed up. No. The, uh, the people who did it brought some of their grandkids, and they walked the streets of Flint praying. Okay. Now, I, I know all you guys were praying during that, and I know no guilt here at all, but if God engages your heart knowing that spiritually engaging in prayer, putting your feet, maybe even your hands on an area and claiming it in the name of Jesus, that's serving. That's going. So please consider this. If you feel God calling you to this, sign up for our prayer walk, downtown Flint prayer walk, as we pray God's love and proclaim it over that area. The final project uh, that we're going to be doing is offering child care here for anyone who doesn't want to take their baby or toddler to Flint, right? So uh, if you want to do that, we have a child care here and we need some helpers for that. I mean, my wife's going to be helping that up, so she would love, absolutely love. Can I say my wife's doing it? She wants your help? Okay, go see that. Sign up for the child care here. We'd love to have you do that. Great opportunity. Both the prayer walk and the child care are also good opportunities for you to serve that are low impact if you're looking for that. Now let me offer a couple, one, one thing, and then we're going to dive into this, okay? The, the band's going to come up. Come on, band. Um, one more thing. Now you look at this list, and you, some of you might be saying, where's, where's Davison Schools? Davidson Schools has always been a partner for us. It's been a community partner. We've done lots of work, and we'll continue to work with them. In fact, coming up a week from tomorrow, we're serving a local Davidson school by giving all the teachers breakfast. If you want to be a part of that, they can use help. I know they can use help because my wife's running with that, so I don't have to, and I know we need help. So if you want to help with that, you can help with that. That's a week from tomorrow. Send me a text. Pull me aside. Grab me before you go, and we'll get you signed up and all the information you need. But here's the other part of it. Why we're not doing Davidson schools on Serve Our City is we're hoping, praying, and pursuing. We're going towards Davidson schools with the hope of doing a Serve Our City project in the fall, completely focused on Davidson schools. And that will be a great way to show them love. In fact, that's something that they have asked us for, something to do to get them ready for back to school. So we're working on that and um, stay tuned for more options to serve Davidson schools. Are you excited? You pumped? All right, get your, get your form out.
Get your all-important form. Get your ticket. Come on, guys. You ever got one? Wave it. Wave it in the air. It makes this great sound. It's going to ruin the song. Okay, you got it? Okay, okay, okay. Here's what I want you to do, okay? Hopefully something's already clicked. You're already going. You're already serving. God, May 20th, I'm already there. I'm there, God. I'm going. Now the question is, let's spiritually involve God to give you the direction where he would want you to go. What would he want you to do? How would he want you to serve? Now I'm going to trust him that God can actually speak to you in this moment and give you the direction you need. And I'm going to believe that he can do that. But let's, let's trust. They're going to sing. We're going to pray. We're going to trust God to lead us into this. You can fill this out. You can drop it in those boxes. Or there's actually a table out there in the foyer. You can grab us on the way out and drop it in there. We'll get you signed up. More information to come about where, when, and how, and all the details. But take this moment. Stand with me. Take this moment, and let's spiritually engage with what God's doing. Amen? Amen. Father, we love you, and we thank you. We invite you into this moment. Help us to go. Help us to follow you. In Jesus' name. Amen.